Welcome back to Aseret the Big Ten, the core values of Judaism based on the Ten Commandments. And today we will be exploring the eighth Diber, do not, sorry, the ninth Diber, do not be a false witness, do not be a false witness. And the literal meaning of this is understood by all the, the Talmud, by all the commentators to be speaking about in court. If you have a call, call to court to be a witness, you are um, not allowed to be a false witness. And it's interesting to uh, to note that the, the, this debate has a slight difference between the first version and the second version. The first version, as I said, says, Lo Do not be a false witness. And yet the second version in Deuteronomy says, Lo do not be a worth, worthless witness. And that the Chizkuni says, that includes even true testimony. The, the first one says, do not be an aid shocker, do not be a false witness. And that's um, obviously telling a lie. Over here, says uh, the Chizkuni, aid shaved is even a worthless witness, even if it's true. Even if what you're saying is true. However, it's inadmissible in court. For example, you saw something alone where a second witness is required or the accused was not warned prior to his action and um, that wouldn't, um, it would therefore not be admissible in court. And so when we look at this debate, it's interesting. I don't know how many of us have ever been called to court to testify. It would be interesting to consider that as a debate as something which is all-inclusive, which is, you know, according to our estimation, has about 60 mitzvot contained in it. How does this contain it? And obviously when we look into the underlying values, the underlying principles over here, we, we're going to find something extremely important to minute-to-minute day-to-day living. And just on the simple level, if we if we put these two versions together, do not be a false witness, do not be a worthless witness. The first principle is justice. There's a legal system over here. Allow the legal system to work. Meaning, when you are a witness and your testimony would be admissible, speak the truth. Because the legal system is based on truth. If you're, Even if you're speaking the truth, but it's not admissible in court, well, don't do that. That's not going to be used to further the purpose of legal justice. So um, that would be the first, I think, principle over here, that we're people of justice. Number two would be, sense of the first debate, speak the truth, where the truth is the best thing to speak. And um, something that comes out of the Safona, the Safona says, included in this debate is um, is uh, Rechilut and Lashon Hara, is Motzi um, Shemra, is speaking badly in society, social. Um, and we'll come back to that because obviously what the, what the Svorno saw in this debate was not only should we try to achieve a legal justice, but there's also a social justice which is dependent on speech. And that really speaks to 
the principle of the power of speech. When we speak, words come out of our mouth and they, they're audible, and yet as soon as they come out, they've gone. It doesn't look like such a powerful tool. It's a way of communicating, a way of knowing what one person is doing and what another person is doing, but that's very short-sighted. In fact, if we really stop and think about what is the role, what is the importance of speak speech for human beings, it's evident that this is our strongest tool. Go right back to the beginning. It says in the verse that... Um, it says, Man, um, the Lord God blew man, formed man, formed man from uh, the dust of the earth. And he blew into his nostrils a breath of life. And man became a living being. And... Um, there's a translation of the Torah, which is published almost in every version, called Unclus. Unclus was a, um, a convert during Roman times, so we're talking about 2,000 years ago, who um, translated the Torah into Aramaic. And it's considered the, the uh, most, most authentic translation of the Torah. And of course, with, with every translation comes an explanation. And he sees, he sees in these last words, what, what nefesh chaya, what, what living being did man come in, come to be different to animals? And he says, the ruach memalala, that he became a speaking being. And that's, that's how people are really considered unique. And Rashi Explains based on the same verse that what what where is man unique in seichel in daya and dibur, meaning that uh, a person has in in enhanced intelligence. People, human beings, have enhanced in in intelligence. They are able to think abstractly, think into the future, imagine something which um, doesn't seem to be a quality of animals, and yet. All of that would be, who knows what that would be if it wasn't for Dibur. If it wasn't for the ability to take those ideas and put them into speech. And classically, the, the Tanya and many other people have um, classified the world into four categories. Inanimate, vegetable, animate, and speaker. We see that in classic Jewish thought, the human is known as the speaking being. And when we think about what do we achieve, what do we achieve with our with our words? And obviously from the Deber, it's clear we achieve justice. We achieve legal justice. We achieve social justice. Um, what could man, could man have... Could man have conquered the world, come to be dominant in this world over all other creatures without speech? And the answer is no, because when you think about it, it's really through man's collaboration from person to person, from generation to generation, which has allowed us to 
understand this world and manipulate it in ways that we want. Technological discoveries are a function of collaboration. No one worked it out all by him or herself. Right? It took many, many minds to to come to every discovery. Right? Everything is based on something that came before and before and before, and that's how we work. We pass down our information generation to generation, and then the new generation studies it and hopefully furthers it in some way. And that's just on our understanding of this world. Think about our, our ability to, to, to actually work together in this world to create physically what we've created, to build the buildings, to create the weapons, to 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 make the machines that we've made. It would be extremely difficult for any one person to to do that, even if they had all the information. Right? We need parts, we need um huge factories, we need right um raw materials brought from all over the world. All of that can only be done through speech. So it's, it's, it's really that which gave us our dominion over the earth. Um, beyond that, we see that speech has incredible emotional meaning. Rabbi Soloveitchik writes a beautiful um, commentary on the verse in Eov in Job. Let me speak then and get relief. Let me open my lips for and reply. Right? Adabra v'yirvach li eftach safasa v'eneh says Rabbi Soloveitchik because there's a redemptive quality for the agitated mind in the spoken word and a tormented soul finds peace in confessing. So we find collaboration, redemption, finding peace advocate, we advocate for ourselves. That's the story of the Benoist Tzalafcha, the daughters of Tzalafcha, whose father died not due to the sin of the spies, and they felt that they were um, they were fitting to, to inherit land in the, in, in the land of Israel. And they come to Moses, and what, the, what did they do? They advocate for themselves. They were able to advocate for ourselves. The Education. Could we educate without words? Somewhat. But how far? And how far we get through educating with our words. words. How much I love your Torah. All the, all, every day, all day it's my speech, says King David in Psalms. And perhaps that's how we could understand the episode in the Torah when Moses hits the rock. And uh, God says to him, No, Moses, I, I, I asked you to speak to the rock. I did not ask you to hit the rock. And because you did not trust me enough to affirm my sanctity in the sight of the Jewish people, therefore you shall not lead this congregation into the land that I have given them. And that sanctity, that holiness, that kedusha, that Moses could have brought about in that we have that power of speech. Go right back to the beginning of creation. And God spoke and there was. God spoke the world into being. It's the first stage and maybe the most important stage in our creative process. So 
perhaps where Moses failed, where it seems on on face value hard to understand, where he failed was in teaching the people the power of speech. Let's get back to the deber and try to try to see the different aspects of it. So we, we've spoken about legal justice and how that is based on truth, the the true testimony of the witnesses, and then the true um, deci- decision of the judge that he has to be, she has to be true to what the um, what the law is, and then the true carrying out of of justice through the um, police force, whoever is the uh, proper organization to do that. And yet the Swano says, included in this Diber is Motsi Rechilus and Lashen and Motsi Shemra. And um, it's interesting because what is Lashen Hara? Lashen Hara, we might have heard this phrase before, evil speech is technically speaking, especially when it's compared to um, to uh, Motsi Shemra, it, it, it's speaking true. It's it's saying that which is true, but which has no positive outcome. Right? Your friend's about to hire someone who's very capable for the job, and it just so happens that this person doesn't seem to agree with your fashion. So, and you think they have a very odd um, taste in fashion. So, can you tell your friend it's true? This is my opinion. I think you know this person has terrible taste in clothes. That's not going to be of any positive consequence. And Motsi um, Shemra, on the other hand, is telling a blatant lie, which of course is much worse. And Rechilut, Rechilus, is tail-bearing. And what we see is that the Swono when he looked at this deber and he sees legal justice says hang on a second this is a deber this isn't this is not a one this isn't a mitzvah to be to be taken in its detailed sense this is a deber to be expanded to the rest of our life to minute to minute day by day living and he sees not only legal justice but social justice to to achieve a society of justice works on slightly different rules. Right? People are not, it's not necessarily all based on the truth, it's based on the outcome. Are we achieving a positive outcome? Are we providing people with equal opportunity? Are we providing people with a sense of security through our words in society? And um, on an individual level, it's 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 so important what we're able to achieve. Um, we are familiar with Lashon Hara, speaking badly. What about Lashon Hatov, speaking well? Are we as concerned with what comes out of our mouth uh, in a good sense, in a positive sense, as we are in the negative? We know to stay away from the negative, but what are we doing with the positive? And... Um, how much empathy can we provide 
how much security, how much um, motivation, inspiration can we find, can we um, provide to others through our speech. And uh, that's really what this, um, this, that's really what this Deber as a core value of Judaism is trying to, is coming to say to us. You know, do not be a false witness, but be a true witness. Be someone that really brings testimony, that brings words to this world, that enlighten it, that educate it, that motivate it, that inspire it. All based on realizing almost, right, take to heart, realize how powerful every single word we say is. Right? But before we think to stop and to think, you know, how how can I use my words that will have a positive consequence? And it's nuanced. It depends where you are. Are you in court? Well, speak the truth because that's what's going to happen. If you're in society, well, speak that which has positive consequence. What's going to give people the best chance, the best benefit of the doubt, the best opportunities? And it's in our one-to-one intimate relationships, a friendship of other relationships, are people in need of empathy, are people in need of um, motivation, are people in need of inspiration and uh, education. How much we can educate, how much we should be um, involved and, and happily sharing the education, especially of the Torah knowledge, the wisdom we, we, we can gain from the Torah. There's a part of the Talmud that speaks about the verse, Adam Amal Yulai, the person was created to toil. And the Talmud goes through different thoughts about what does this mean? And it comes out with the conclusion to toil in the Torah, to be involved in understanding and debating and sharing the words of Torah. And... Um, to think about that as a core value is very important, very strong. What a what a compelling idea that we should be conscious of our power of speech and use it not only to be careful not to use it for, for damaging, but to use it positively, to be proactive in using it for positive con- consequence as much as we can. Thank you for listening.